everybody, and welcome to Monday Night Therapy with John and Todd, or Todd and John. Alas, poor Yorick. I knew him, Horatio. <sighs> okay, there's only like, uh, well, okay, there's 19 people showing up on the stream. Does anybody know what that line is from? Anybody? Because I thought it was kind of universal. And I get on here with Todd pre-show, and he's like, what the hell are you talking about? Alas, poor Yorick. I knew him, Horatio. Uh, I, I'm guessing nobody. <sighs> yeah, well, we'll come back to that. Uh, how you doing, Todd? Well, I'm, I'm a smidge tired of uh, driving, um, but I think I have enough energy to do a top-notch job here tonight, providing some therapy. <laughs> uh, they, we need it after this week. I mean, it was a... Yeah. Uh, this I need was to a, get with it. I've, I'm, I'm looking all over the place. Right before the show, I got all freaked out. I was in the wrong folder. I had the wrong graphics up. I had. I was looking up Shakespeare quotes. I, I was, I'm freaking out. I need to calm myself. It was a disappointing game. It was really disappointing. Yeah, it was. I mean, it if there's one one freaking team we I don't want us losing to ever in any sport, it's Minnesota. I mean, I got to, you know, my son is gone. He's been gone to Chicago seeing his girlfriend who's at Loyola in medical school. And I didn't have to sit here and listen to him. But uh, what is the, what was the text? The text that I got, he was out. He was apparently looking at art, he said. And I got this text Saturday at 9.15 p.m., I got the text, how does it feel to be literally unable to win a broken chair? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I knew the, I knew this one would hurt you, John, uh, you know, living up there in gopher country and having a gopher in your family and a sympathetic gopher in your family. I mean, that's got to be, that's got to be tough. Um, I don't, the, the thing the thing that frustrated me about this game and, you know, I don't know, everybody goes through their emotions, I guess. And, and, um, you know, comparing the Illinois game to this game, um, you know, the Illinois game, Casey Thompson gets hurt, gets knocked out of the game, you know, and, and the wheels just absolutely fell off, you know, in this particular game. Um, I, I don't know. I, I still felt like, um, I still felt like we had a chance to win this game, you know, all the way up into the end. But, you know, just some of the decisions that were being made, um, you know, with personnel, and I know we're going to talk about that, but um, it, it's just frustrating because it seemed like, um, I don't know, it seemed like the the 80 some odd thousand coaches in the stands and however many of us were watching the ball ballgame, um, Kind of thought we had better answers to the situation than than uh, what the coaching staff apparently had, you know. And and um, it it was it was a, a confusing game to me. You know, obviously Chubba Purdy started. Um, Nebraska got off to a great start, great start on both sides of the ball. Uh, ran the ball. I mean, had a hundred and you know twenty six or some odd yards total offense in the first quarter and. Um, you know, Anthony Grant was running through holes that we haven't seen. Um, you know, our offensive line create for quite some time. The defense 
the defense looked good. The defense was solid. Uh, Coach Bush has them playing assignment defense. You know, they're staying in their gaps. They know what they're supposed to do. They don't have that confusion. You don't see – I mean, there was a, a break at one point in the game where, you know, a guy got way past our, our defenders for a pass play. But, um, you know, it was such a really good start. And then it just seemed like offensively uh, we forgot how we got there. And it seemed like the whole tenor of the offense, the offensive scheme changed. And Coach Whipple isn't the first one that has left Nebraska fans wondering that <laughs> you can, hey, we can go back to Sean Watson days, you know, we can go where Sean Watson says, oh, well, that stuff worked really well. Let me show you how thick my playbook is. Let's pull some of these other, you know, that kind of thing. I, I think with Whipple, though, it was uh, it's, it's different with him. Um, one, he recruited Chubba Purdy. Uh, he was he's the one that got Chubba Purdy to come. Chubba Purdy fits his profile as far as what he thinks uh, a, a quarterback should look like. Don't forget that Whipple was uh, he coached the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, when Ben Roethlisberger was the quarterback there. And, you know, there isn't a bigger, more physical quarterback than Ben Roethlisberger. Of course, Ben Roethlisberger has an arm. And we discovered that Chubba Purdy's, at least during the game on Saturday, was a little bit suspect. Um, so, you know, and, and Whipple knows offense. He does. But I think with him sometimes, I think there's some arrogance where he says, you know, I know more than everybody else. And I think that the guy's just stubborn. And we heard a little bit of that. We read a little bit about that, you know, when he was hired. There were a lot of people, a lot of pundits that wondered, how will these two guys get along? How will Scott Frost and Mark Whipple, how are they going to coexist? And, um, you know, I, I think that that's just kind of the nature of the guy. I just the, – the... I mean, the Purdy arm punt, the, the ball that he just threw up in the air that, you know, in my post-the-game video, I think I said it looked like he was playing 500. Remember that game when you were young? You, you just throw the ball up and yell some number, and some guy caught it. He could he got that many points. That's really honestly what that interception pass looked like. It looked like, what the hell are you even throwing at? I mean, you know, coming into this game, I thought – you know, Tanner Morgan, I think Tanner Morgan, I said that in the post-game video too, that Tanner Morgan has hit his ceiling probably a year or two ago. And, I mean, P.J. Fleck plays him because he knows who he is. He knows what he gets out of him. He's he's not, you know, he's not that great a quarterback. Their other guy, Aiden Kalakalakalaka, that guy's way more athletic. He's way more accurate with the ball. His upside is way higher. So when uh, Morgan went out of the game, I thought, oh, God, this other guy's going to come in and shred us because that's what backup quarterbacks do to us lately. And it was just, uh, yeah, the whole the whole tenor of the game at halftime just changed. And I, I did, we never got it back. It was just so – well, it was like the game before. It was just, you know, oh, God, oh, yeah, give us hope, and then it's just destroy it. Yeah. Kind of like a Shakespearean tragedy, Todd. That's what it is. It's a Shakespearean tragedy. That's what this season has become. Well, uh, I don't disagree with that. And if I knew any Shakespeare, maybe I would throw a few things at you 
you know, to kind of help reinforce uh, the theme that you're you're going with here. Um, Do you know what a common theme in a Shakespeare tragedy is, Todd? Tell me what one is. Betrayal! Betrayal! <laughs> you turn the keys of the kingdom over to the son and he betrays you and just everything goes to shit after that. Everybody's betraying everybody in every Shakespeare tragedy ever. That's what this season that's where the beginning of this season is, and it just dark 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 dark. Well yeah, I think I think uh, betrayal by uh, our former head coach uh, might might fall in my ear. I you know, but here I guess with this game, um Logan Smothers. Uh, you know, there there were there was kind of this back and forth, you know, leading up to the game, listening to talk radio and listening to the pundits. And I, you know, I've quoted him a few times on here, but I on Monday afternoons I really try to listen to uh, Charlie McBride, you know, um, as Chris Schmidt calls him, you know, Mister Blackshirt. And you know, Charlie McBride was an sob when he was at Nebraska. I mean, it, it, he's lit people up as good as anybody has, but, you know, I kind of appreciate his perspective and he was convinced last week. He said, uh, you don't have to show me anything between these two quarterbacks. If Casey Thompson can't go, you go with uh, Logan Smothers. Logan Smothers has had the experience in the big 10. He played a game last year. Most of it, he played fairly well against uh, Iowa. And, um, but you know, anybody that thought that Logan Smothers was going to start that game, you know, was drinking Logan Smothers Kool-Aid or something like that because there was no doubt that Coach Whipple was going to go with his man, uh, Chubba. But the thing about it is, is that um, when Logan Smothers, you know, he gets three plays, had, you know, positive yardage on two and then, you know, couldn't convert. Well, then he comes back in in the second half, finally, and he, he, he you know, brings some energy to the team. And um, in, in my opinion, he threw the ball well. He's a threat to run it. And quite honestly, if Casey Thompson can't play, in my mind, Logan Smothers gives uh, Nebraska the best chance to win because, you know, let the, let the other defense, you know, have to scheme for another runner. Um, you know, let's, let's establish the run game. Let's stick with the run game. Let's continue to – to, to pound away, um, uh, you know, not give up, uh, you know, after a couple of runs don't go anywhere and put Logan Smothers in the game and, and see what he can do. So do you think, uh, I mean, Minnesota, Minnesota's MO is pretty well known. They score in the first quarter, they get ahead, and then they, they just basically run zone plays, and then they throw slants, and that's it. And, you know, when they tie, when we were ahead 10 to nothing, what was it, the first time in 32 tries that Minnesota had been down by double, double digits and won a game? But uh, uh, I am tired. It, it just, when they tied the game, I mean, it was, you just got the idea that, okay, well, this is done. This is just done. Do you think there's leftover from before Mickey Joseph took over? Of oh my God, here we go again, and things have turned to shit, and we just well go home. Well, that was that's what you heard basically 
from uh, Tanner, you know, I mean, in his post-game interview, you know, he said that at halftime, um, Minnesota came out with a positive mindset and they were ready to play and, and, and take the game. And, and he said that his opinion was that Nebraska had, you know, cashed it in. Um, you know, Caleb Tanner, apparently he's could very likely set the record or tie the record for most games played, you know, by a, a Nebraska Cornhusker. And, um, you know, he, he just was very blunt. And um, I, I think that, I think that a lot of players are scratching their heads. They don't know how to win at Nebraska. They don't know what it takes to win. And you have to question the leadership a little bit. And, you know, we can say all we want about, um, uh, you know, the, the, oh, geez, why am I, I'm really, I must be tired too. Um, the Russian, Nelson. Um, jeez. Uh, Garrett. Um, yeah. Garrett Nelson. Garrett Nelson. We can talk all about, you know, the energy and, you know, the, the, the leadership that he shows on the field. But, you know, leadership has a lot of other dimensions other than being fired up and yelling and that type of thing. So, you know, we're not in the locker room, but it, it apparently there is a mindset that uh, until this team starts winning games, um, it's going to be tough to overcome. It, it is really going to be tough. And we've remarked a number of times that this team has found many, many different ways to lose football games. Okay, my. My general feeling after the Minnesota game is, and I, I want you guys in the comments, if you're, you're watching this and stuff, I want you to comment on this. Uh, my general feeling is th this season is over. I, I, you know, there's nothing for me to look at anymore except who's going to be our next head coach. I just got the idea that uh, nobody's going to get – we have three games left, Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa – and I just get the feeling that nobody's going to give a shit about the outcomes or even about watching the games or anything. Who's nobody? I well, I, I, I don't know, Todd. That's what my general feeling was. I was disgusted. What did I say? I think in my post-game video, I actually said, please don't leave me alone for three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, what do you think of my whininess? Well, you know, the way I look at it, you know, you're the one that has scolded me for years when I make a statement that many people make. There are too many bowl games. And John Johnston always says, there's never too many bowl games, Todd. Yeah. That's more college football that we get to watch. Well, yeah, that's true. Buck it up, suck it up. There's three more times that we get to watch our favorite football team play. And if you're going to cower in a dark room, afraid to watch your beloved Cornhuskers, you know, play another football game, sorry. Alas, poor Yorick. <laughs> Do you know who Yorick was? Oh my God! Your audio just went away. My, my my image of York is some guy with dirty fingernails and burlap clothes and long stringy hair, you know, that uses words I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> York, 
Yorick is a skull. Oh. Hamlet Hamlet is in a graveyard and a man the, the grave diggers are going through all these bodies and these he pulls out this skull and he informs him that it's Yorick. And Yorick was the court jester when Hamlet was a child. And he, he goes on with this long soliloquy about how even the most important Caesars, this is what they end up as. And the guy who's the lowest of all, this is where we end up. And it's this long thing about life. And, you know, and. Well, then, Yorick, yeah. I hope that you don't end up like that. So. <laughs> no. Okay. Here's Wait. something. Well, just hold on. While we're on the court, about okay. one more thing. There's a lot of good comments that, and, and that I think we need to get to. But let me throw this out here real quick before I forget. You know, with the quarterback situation with Michigan coming up, you know, I've heard different things. And I'd like to, you know, hear what you have to say, John, and, and maybe some of the people that are that are hanging in there with us. If Casey Thompson is healthy, does Casey Thompson play? Um, there, you know, in, in my mind, he's the number one quarterback. And by God, if he's healthy to play, he plays. I have right. heard people say, why would you put – Casey Thompson out there against Michigan because we're not going to beat Michigan anyway. And why would we risk getting him beat up again? Because he's been beaten up, you know, all season. Why would we do that? Well, my opinion is that's bullshit. He's the number one quarterback. If he's healthy enough to play, he plays. I've heard another um, scenario and that is, well, okay. So Logan Smothers, he looked real good. And Logan Smothers is the person that we ought to be going with uh, if, if Casey Thompson can't play. But then the flip side of that is, is if we play Logan Smothers against Michigan, then he can't redshirt and we've cost him a potential year. What is right. this, John? This is, how is the, the this is how the future is managed, Todd. Do we need to go into this these kids these days thing? <laughs> Let's not do that. Let's go to – should we go to – do you want me to – I'm going to pull up some comments. Pull up some okay? comments because we could go down uh, that rabbit hole all day long. Okay, let's start with Linda. Hi, John Todd. Glad to see you. John, pray you're feeling better. Thank you, Linda, for always being concerned, and, and thanks for always being here. Uh, I think you can tell I'm feeling better because I'm putting out more YouTube videos, even if they are like today's thing about Michigan, a ranty bunch of shit. Uh, where is M. Gaboski? I wanted him to show up and give us hell about Michigan, and he's not here. Okay, let's see. Uh, uh, Fongway Reldman says, defense was not solid late in the game. That Ibrahim guy... Ran straight up the middle ten times in a row, and no one can stop him. Well, your your defense is going to be exhausted in a game like that because uh, you're. I, what were they on the field for? Like forty minutes in the God, second forever. half. forever. Well, you have six consecutive three and outs. Yeah, you know, that's putting. And you know, Nebraska has consistently uh, subbed in those interior defensive linemen, and they were doing the same thing. And um, you know, I, I'm not going to argue with Fongway. He's right. I mean, Nebraska's defense was shot at the end of the game, and they were they were running on fumes. Okay, I'm. I'll, 
MK said, were this week's rumors that no early coaching candidates are interested in Nebraska, just a trial to balloon to get everyone ready for Mickey, a byproduct of coaches negotiating for more dollars or just dumb? Um, you know what? <laughs> they were dumb. I'm going to go with they were dumb. I, I think they're I dumb kinda, too. I kind of know where they came from, but <laughs> – Listen, there's a, I, I, I remember I did a video that nobody's going to be happy about the coach we choose. And then I did a short about nobody knows what the fuck is going on because nobody does. They really don't. We've heard so much stuff from, you know, I've heard from this guy, this guy, that guy saying stuff. And I, I just, I got to believe, number one, everybody's like, well, why haven't they announced anything yet? Okay. Number one, they don't have to. That's just it. That's the answer. They don't have to. All right? They don't have to announce. Their timeline is not our timeline. And you could be hiring a coach that's already coaching somewhere else. You could be going through coaches. You could be doing due diligence, something that hasn't happened with a Nebraska coaching search in God knows how many years. So, I, you know, I think they were just dumb. I'm going to go with nobody knows what Trev Alberts is doing with his search firm yeah. and uh, – we just we'll know when it's announced. We'll Everything know when ahead of that. We'll know when we know. I agree with you, John. It's yeah. dumb. Those rumors popped up, and I think some people and I, you know, have kind of run down a little bit of sources some of those rumors. But the media, I mean, this has gone on long. This has been a long search. The funny thing about it is, is when Trev Alberts, you know, announced that he was letting Frost go and was doing a national search and that Mickey Joseph would be a, a serious candidate. When he said all of that stuff, he also charted the path that was going to follow about how there was going to be all of this speculation, about how names were going to be thrown out of people that were never considered, and there are going to be some names that are considered that never came to the surface. I mean, he is almost a prophet, and I hate to even say that about the guy, but he has, he has described exactly what's happening. And all of a sudden... After we looked horrible against Illinois and after those people that were holding out hope that Mickey Joseph, Mickey Joseph was proving himself as a very strong, worthy candidate after the shine left Mickey Joseph. Now everybody's freaking, oh, if it can't be Mickey Joseph, then who's it going to be? And Matt Campbell isn't winning games. And. Dave Aranda has an undefeated team. And Lance Leopold has lost some games. All of these people whose names had been thrown out there early on. And now Auburn is open and Lane Kiffin might be looking at Auburn. And nobody's <laughs> talking about Urban Meyer anymore. Oh, my gosh. And people, their assholes are clutching up because they don't know what's going on. We live in a need-to-know era a need to that fear of missing out fomo god i dealt with it for the last 10 to 15 years as a high school principal with all these kids thinking they needed to know what was going on every instant and that's exactly where nebraska corn husker fans are oh my god oh my god oh my god trev alberts told us he was going to tell us who the coach is after the football season is over don't get <laughs> your undies in a bunch oh Jeez. my god you Okay, Phil Spear says tired of the end on the helmet standing for next year. I am stealing that. I hadn't heard that one yet, and I'm that one's pretty that. good. It's better than knowledge. I like that one. 
I like that. <laughs> Are you okay? I just got to calm down a little bit. What you know what? What, what Shakespearean play you does somebody go off on a rampage like this? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, well, I'll tell you what. One of the favorite things I do when I'm feeling depressed or feeling bad about myself is I pull up Kenneth Branagh as Henry V at YouTube. He does it when he's in that movie and he does the St. Crispin's Day speech. It is one of the most wonderfully beautiful, inspiring things. And then they fought at the Battle of Agincourt. And, you know, you know what happened to the Battle of Agincourt? Well, I'm sure you're going to tell me because I certainly don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. How do you not know these things? At, at Agincourt, 6,000 French archers took on uh, 10,000 French. No, I'm sorry. 10,000 Frenchmen took on, like, I don't know, 1,000 Englishmen, and the English just, just slaughtered them. They 6,000 casualties for the French. It was a complete disaster for the French. Anyway, Kenneth Braddock, Branagh, Henry V, go watch the YouTube thing on the St. Christmas Day speech if you want to see I, a, know, beautiful, I wrote it down. A, a beautiful piece of Shakespeare. I got okay, it right where here. Where are we going with this? You, it's on my to-do list. Just for a moment there, Todd, when you were getting all upset, you looked exactly like Brian Kelly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which, which is going to lead to another rant here because ever since I was a little kid, I have been an LSU fan. I have loved LSU. I always thought everything about LSU was crazy, was great. I've been to a football game at LSU. I stood on the sideline during a football game at LSU. Purple and gold are my favorite colors. I love them. And I hate Brian Kelly. And what an incredible <laughs> win for LSU. Yeah. And what an incredible ending. I mean, Brian Kelly's got balls the size of a globe, for God's sakes. That was amazing. And it sucks because it was Brian Kelly. God. Oh, it did. I'm I, so you know, I, I, wanted, I wanted LSU to win for the same reason. And I thought, God, why, why Brian Kelly? Of all the fucking people on the planet, yeah. they have to hire that asshole. Okay. Uh, what, what else we got going here? We need some more comments. Yeah. I've been, they've been going by and I haven't been paying. They, well, I've seen a couple so mentions of Hugh, Hugh Freeze. Keep that hypocritical. Oh, my God. We got Phil Spear again. Ironic that a quarterback got knocked out of each of the last two games of both killed Nebraska. This seems to be uh, how it goes, Phil. I just, you know, nothing. When nothing is going your right, your way, I mean, it's yeah. the poorest thing. Uh, okay, here's one. Ha ha false flag says somebody tell me a great Nebraska coach that didn't have four and five star athletes. Tom Osborne. Do you know why? They weren't the recruiting services weren't given stars like that. <laughs> they weren't. I think they didn't start until the late nineties. So technically all of the great coaches did not have four and five star athletes because the recruiting services but yeah, you need good athletes to win good big games. You do. You, I don't well, think you need great athletes. You need a good. You need good athletes. 
You need good athletes. I mean, everything you need some four and five stars if you're going to play at the elite level. But even more so than that, you got to be able to develop the damn players. We have some four-star athletes that are playing football at Nebraska, including a right tackle that was a four-star athlete that one would sit there and wonder, what the hell? <laughs> develop players. Mickey thinks Mickey thinks that he can recruit enough dudes to get here, and maybe he can. But once they're here, will the coaching staff be in place that can develop these guys into winners? Uh, living in Omaha, David Mamney said, at what point do coaches use a scheme based on the players they have instead of forcing the players to adopt the scheme of the coach? I'll let you answer that. Tom. Coaches that win football games do that. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah. Nick Saban. I, I, Nick Saban has done that. He he doesn't for, he doesn't force square pegs into round holes. I mean, that right. guy's offense has changed, you know, two or three times since he's been at Alabama because of the kind of players that they can get. I'm gonna mute because I got background noise. You can carry the ball now, John. Okay. I'm gonna point out one thing I did not say in the Dave Aranda video is that between 2020 and 2021, he fired his offensive coordinator and got a different one. And I think that is a sign of a guy who realized he needed to make a change, and he did it. And then in 2021, Baylor had their best year. Now, I'll compare that to our own Bo Pelini, who constantly was blown out in big games. I mean, Melvin Gordon, 409 yards, Big Ten Championship, 70-31 to 31, Wisconsin. And constantly he was asked about his defense, and he constantly said, I don't need to change anything. My defense is fine. And I think that is really one of the marks of what makes a very, very good coach and what makes just a guy who's kind of a good coach and is never going to go to the next level. And, yes, I said that about Bo Pelini. So um, what else we got? Why did Trey Palmer leave LSU? The Shield says. New, new coaching staff, and Mickey Joseph was his position coach, and he was at Nebraska. It was an easy move for him to make. I mean, I'm, let's face it, from the outside at the beginning of this season, for the, all the offseason, we heard about how great we were going to be and how wonderful it was going to be. And, you know, we were so close last year and blah, 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 blah. And our confirmation bias talked us into that. And then, I mean, this happened. So I get why Trey Palmer came here. But, um, oh, my God. What else do we have, Todd? Oh, my entire screen went nuts. Well, you know <laughs> – the um, we talked a little bit about we, we generally have talked about some other games. Um, I don't know, it sounds like I mean, to me, it looks like we've got a lot of uh comments out there that maybe we should pay attention to. I, I before we for, before I forget this though, I'm just going to shift real quick. Um, you know, one of the things that I that I actually heard, and it wasn't until after it was over that I actually saw what I'm talking about is the volleyball game yesterday. And it is so nice to see, you know, humanity and sportsmanship displayed like what happened at Northwestern yesterday. And if people aren't familiar with that, uh, Nebraska had their backs against the wall. They ended up having to go to game five 
with Northwestern. Northwestern was playing out of their minds and um, really had Nebraska's back against the wall. Nebraska came down, uh, they were behind 23-21 and ended up winning 25-23 in game four to take it to the fifth game. And when the score was nine to three Nebraska in the fifth game, this freshman setter, the only setter that Northwestern had on the team because their starting setter was has, has been out, she crashed into one of those stadium seats on the floor and she was on the floor for 15 minutes before they actually put her on a stretcher and removed her and still don't know what the injuries are but it was stunning to listen to on the radio i mean john bishop was choked up you know uh lauren uh cook was choked up on the radio and what was what really struck me and again i i didn't see it i was listening to the way it was described was when the two teams shook hands at the net after the game after that was over the nebraska players immediately went under the net to the northwestern side and they put their arms around each other and formed this circle becca alec apparently led a prayer and they said there were just tears flowing and then all kinds of hugs and all that kind of stuff after the game there are things that are bigger than a game. And, you know, the young lady, there was a, a media release today. She's been released from the hospital. Um, don't know what the extent of her injuries are. But, you know, I just, I just felt like just that show of humanity is really important. And um, there's a lot of things that are happening where we don't always see that. And fortunately, there are times when on a field and on a court, you know, you can see um, demonstrations of humanity, and that's that's a positive about sport. So I just wanted to throw that out because right now there's so many frustrations with <laughs> with our beloved Huskers. <laughs> oh my God! Speaking of frustration, it's the second half, and and it's 42 to 37 Nebraska over Maine. That just that sounds a lot closer than it should be. Okay, let's move on to other news. <laughs> Kansas. What was the what was the tweet that got everybody upset? Is that and then Nate McHugh wrote an article about it Sunday. Is that since like 2017 or 2016, only two, 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 two Power Five schools have not gone to a bowl game. And that is Kansas and Nebraska. And this year, Kansas will go to a bowl game. We guys yeah. oh my God, what has come to? What have we so, become? So what? Nebraska, Nebraska is the only Power Five not to have been to a bowl game since what 2016, and it's the only 2017. Yeah. The only Power Five basketball team or Power Six basketball team to never have won a game in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, you let's have to bring them more both positive out. going here. Yeah, okay, more positive. Uh, well, Michigan struggled with Rutgers for the first half, and then they went, ah, ha, ha, we're toying with you, and beat the fuck out of them in the second half. And then uh, Ohio State struggled with Northwestern, and Northwestern is terrible. And, oh, yeah, I, I so you all know this, I actually uh, got off my butt, and since we played Minnesota, uh, people on Twitter were tweeting the, I guess, famous thing I said last year when I said there is no hope, fuck everything, go big red. And I decided, yeah, I'll just go make t-shirts because I, I couldn't think of anything that it just seems to still fit now. 
It's just kind of sad. You know, after the, I wanted to explain that I hate the no, there is no hope part because I always believe there's hope. But at the same time, these are dark times. So if you go to the website, go to cobbycorn.com, and uh, there are some there are some shirts there. And what I'd like you to do is go look at the shirts and don't if you don't like them, don't just go oh well these suck. Send me emails or send me something that says here's why I think these suck. And, uh, and let me know what you'd like to see, because uh, I can design almost anything. Okay, uh, go back to chat. Uh, well, let's see what else happened. MK, MK is telling us that we're not providing quality therapy. <laughs> I'm sorry, MK, maybe I'm looking for therapy from you. <laughs> that talk is the worst therapy I've ever heard. What are you trying to do to us? Well, <laughs> I, I started, the show's titled after Shakespearean fa uh, tragedy. I mean, Hamlet. Now, I will bring up this this comment that Blaine Cole from Japan said earlier. In a Shakespearean tragedy, don't you also have a hero? Who's our hero, John? That's just it. Who is our hero, Todd? He brings up a very salient point is that maybe that's why we're so lost is we are looking for a hero could it be mickey joseph i'd say mickey joseph is the hero right now could it be dave aranda next year <laughs> <laughs> that's just it we don't know who the hero is damn it and that's why we're probably lost see and the other, th the other thing I think that's worrisome for a lot of fans is that, okay, so now we're going to delve into rumor that <laughs> <laughs> if Nebraska is getting the door slammed in their face, and if all that is left is Mickey Joseph, people are paying more attention to the result of the game, games, rather than what Mickey Joseph is also bringing to the team. He is bringing leadership. He's bringing accountability. Um, I'll, I'll be honest. Mickey Joseph is not my top pick to be the head coach at Nebraska. If Mickey Joseph is the top pick, if he's the one that is chosen, I really hope that he surrounds himself with quality assistance because I think the guy can lead. I think he can lead. And I think yeah. that there are some positives that can come from this. Um, but right now, I think that everybody is just freaking out because we had this ace in our ace in our pocket, Mickey Joseph, because things were going well. And now we're not getting the wins. And we're forgetting the fact that he's gotten commits from some pretty high-powered recruits. He has changed some of the dynamics of this football program. Um, there are some of those kinds of things um, that that he is doing that I think are positives. But it, you know, again, here's the, all the therapy that anybody needs. Trev Alberts told us that he was going to wait until the end of the season. And so we all need to chill. Um, 
Hey, look at that. Look at this. Wait, look at this. Here's I, I love Linda. That would be John Johnson. It's close enough. Thank you very much. Okay, and then Don Dre says, oh, just because you do not understand therapy does not mean it's not helping. Don is absolutely correct. This is all healthy. I mean, the first thing you got to do is admit, you know, where you are, and then you can focus on fixing the problem. Uh, I, 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 well, Henry V isn't a Shakespearean tragedy. It's a historical play. It's not really a tragedy. You know, Macbeth, Hamlet, uh, Romeo, Juliet. Who's the hero of Romeo, Juliet? We'll move on. <laughs> I, I look like I made you flash back to your high school English teacher and you didn't like her. Damn. Okay. Georgia, Tennessee. Did you watch that? Yeah. Oh, my. My uh, Heisman uh, front runner uh, just went to probably number four or number five uh, after Hooker. that game. Hooker. He was, jeez, uh, Georgia. Oh my gosh, Georgia, Georgia, Georgia. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm kind of speechless by that. I mean, I was one that was shooting my mouth off and saying that for the playoffs there'll be three SEC teams. There still could be, still could be three SEC teams. Um, but uh, um, no, I Georgia. Oh my goodness gracious. They look good. I'll tell you a team that won't be in the playoff. I'm going to give you two that won't be in the playoffs now. Alabama not going to be there. Not, not going to be there. Not going to be there. Not going to be there. And now watch them. <laughs> not going to be there. Clemson. Woo! Not going to be there. Not going to be there. No. God, they no. got beat up by Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah, I that, that's kind of exciting. So we might actually see some new teams in the playoffs. Well, there's Georgia. Hey, I heard that okay. Iowa found an offense. They had an offense. It was they beat Purdue. They beat up Purdue. It was what the hell? I mean, why could you just have gone the whole season without an offense, you bastards? I mean, beating Iowa at the end of the season would be a, at least a nice little like gift from God, you know, the beauty the of this, had, the beauty of this is Brian Ferentz saved his job. <laughs> Those Iowa fans, I mean, Gary Barta, Gary, Iowa fans have long memories. Iowa fans will still want him gone, but Gary Barta says, well, look what he did in the second half of the season. He, it just blah, 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 blah. Okay, Forrest says anyone see Lola and Bishop turn heel on sixteen twenty today? Anti Joseph content sells in the metro area. I no, I didn't. You you listened to I listened to stuff. Yeah, I couldn't get sixteen twenty today. I was too far west, so I didn't hear that. It, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, Bishop is a flake. He he spins on. Yeah, whatever. What? You know, you you got to have the radio. You, I mean, imagine doing this every day. You have to keep things interesting. I mean, if all you ever did is take one position on something, you, yeah. I, that'd be impossible. Hey, uh, grab that see. one from Isaiah. Instead of you mean, 
Yeah. Instead of hating other teams for their success, maybe we should grow some stones and hire a winner, even if it hurts some feelings. Uh, what do you you? I'm struggling with my feelings about this, Todd. <laughs> what, do you have a response? Well, I know that he's 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 thrown out Hugh Freeze two or three times. Seen that going through? Has he? Yeah. Hugh Freeze is a Liberty beat Arkansas. Hugh Freeze is one of those guys. He's a pervert that hides behind the Bible, and I don't want that kind of a person. In fact, Trev Alberts made it very important that character is going to be one of the key components in hiring a coach. Now, Isaiah, you and anybody else that's watching tonight, you can say, "Who are you to cast stones?" I get that, but I'm telling you what. The bottom line is, is that. I don't want to cheer for a team that is coached by an Urban Meyer. I don't want to cheer for a team that's coached by Hugh Freeze. I don't want them. Now, if that's what Nebraska ends up hiring, that's fine. I can make my choice about what team I'm going to follow. And I'm going to follow people that I have respect for, that I think are doing what is in the best interest of the University of Nebraska. And I don't think Hugh Freeze is that kind of a person. Let Auburn have him. Let those people down. They deserve him down there let them deal with it well you you have been speaking yeah, when you when you spend all this time in the car are you like ranting about stuff when you're in the car by yourself no i'm pretty pretty sullen when i'm driving the car i've just saved it all up for tonight apparently i think he you know he threw me off when he said instead of hating other teams for their success i mean what that's my whole thing on saturdays i want to see chaos and, and tears from my opponents not just my opponents, but I want to see Notre Dame beat up Clemson and Clemson people go insane. I want to see message board content that says Nick Saban should be fired, which there was. And that is beautiful. It's the whole Schadenfreude thing. I think we are going to hire somebody who's a winner and is going to hurt people's feelings. That's I think why I right. said no matter what, no matter what, people are going to be disappointed because we all have these coaches and they're not going to sure be guy. Uh, wait, we haven't taken anything from Doomsday Diesel. Uh, 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 I'm, I'm getting hot, Todd. We have a lineman that failed a drug test. What kind of drugs? Legal in other states kind of drugs? No. Did we really need to bench him? PEDs. Uh, he, he was ruled uh, ineligible by the NCAA. That's not anything that Nebraska did, really. Yeah. I mean, you don't. You don't get it. Just get dancing drugs. Yeah, it was. So I mean, I you know I hope he's here next year because we certainly uh, we certainly could use good linemen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, da, 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 da. I, they, they're still talking about coaches. What else? We have thirteen minutes left, Todd. We have thirteen minutes left. I, Lloyd Lloyd um, Christmas says if we hired PJ Fleck, I'm the fuck out. Uh, yeah. I don't blame you. I don't think PJ Fleck is coming to Nebraska. I just don't think his personality would fit here, and I think he's doing all right at Minnesota. I mean, uh, you know, the one point I made about the Dave Aranda thing is living in a fishbowl and the attitude and the not the attitude, but the you know the mental construct you have to have around yourself to be able to survive that and actually live in it and be successful in it and be able to. You know, tune everything out. Uh, tune everything out that's around you and all this stuff. And 
uh, I, you know, PJ Fleck is fine at Minnesota. He has to deal with some of that stuff. People don't like his attitude. They don't think he's there. They do think they, he is arrogant. Uh, but, um, I don't think he'd, I don't think he'd do well here. What, what are you laughing at? When is the coordination community going to have an Alaskan cruise in the off season? I think I'm on board for that. I, I think that's oh my a God. great idea. Okay, well, you write it down. I will write that down. You write well, it here's down. Here's the thing: we don't the coordination You're... staff. We don't even know each other. Get to what may happen to put all of us nerds on a boat together. You know, I asked my wife about big, I've never gone on a cruise and, and I asked her about big, well, should we go on a cruise? And she said, you know, with your balance issues, if you get out on a boat and you're sick all the time, what's the point of going? And I thought, okay, so I need to fix this before we go on one of those things. Take a month supply can, of drama. You know, my, my plan this fall actually was for us to have a get together in, in Lincoln and then, you know, the health turned to shit and. I think I am doing better lately, although uh, well, I'll just I'll just leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. <clears throat> we'll see where we are in the next month or so. Uh, well, you know what? Here you go. Can we have a meet and greet in Lincoln in one of these home games? Yes, we can. You know, maybe we should do that for baseball season. Well, would you guys be interested in doing that for baseball? Commenters. Anybody. We could do it for football I, you know, too. That, I just don't know how you, how you go about doing it. You got. Well, we could do it for football, but they, you know that'll be next year already. I mean, with you know, if I'm doing better by spring, then why wait till fall? Sure. The you know the whole the whole world could. Well, change. you have made it down to baseball games in the last couple of years, so yeah. that's been cool. Yeah, I have. I, I I had planned to go to some football games and everybody get together and. Uh, oh my God, look at this. You people are going insane. MK says season opener at Minnesota. John, how many people can crash at your place so we can take over the stadium? <clears throat> well, not that many. I'll just you know, say that. I'll tell you what, that he might be on. I mean, that is a beautiful stadium to watch a football game. At. It is. It, it, it is, is a fun place. Fun. And you can jump on that train, and that train drops you off right there at the gate. You don't have to worry about parking. That's a that that it might be onto something there. Okay, Isaiah, swinging back at you. Fair enough. Ooh. You would rather see Nebraska float at mediocrity than offer a man you don't know a second chance and be almost guaranteed success. I think that the problem with that statement is that that, that there's a lot of guys. I mean, there's there, there, we have gotten we have gotten tons and tons of comments on the YouTube videos, and there's so many I I could never possibly reply to all of them, but I think the thing is is there are so many different people who are being considered by us, and we don't know if they're considered by Trev Howards. Right. And somebody said, I I remember it was somebody that said, if you don't think this guy is a home run hire and he can win at the championship level, then why put his name out? And my response to that would be that that's, there is nobody. There literally is no one amongst all the names. I mean, you can have an idea of what you think a coach is going to do, but we all thought that other guy was going to be the savior and bring us championships and be wonderful. And he turned out to be the worst coach in history. 
you know, Nebraska I think history. Could be history. Could be all of history. What would Shakespeare write about that son of a bitch? Well, you make a really good point there because, you know, I'm sitting here running through my head of all the coaches that are out there right now that, you know, who who would come to Nebraska and turn them into, you know, an instant winner? And I'm going to throw a name out that until this year, I think people would have said that would work. Jimbo Fisher. I, I would venture to say the majority of people would have thought, let's go after Jimbo Fisher. He has won a national championship. He he got Florida State turned around. Um, he landed on his feet initially at Texas A&M. Now five game losing streak, suspended half of his over you know suspended his offensive line. I mean, in essence. So you know, there's no guarantee. I mean, I, I to be honest with you, if 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 the decision was up to me, and God knows. I'd be the last person that anybody should trust with a decision like this. Um, okay, would, okay, we're 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 sticking with Isaiah. Uh, what are the odds Urban Meyer would fail at Nebraska five percent? I don't think that's true. I think there's a lot of downside to Urban Meyer. Number one, everybody goes past their prime. Look at Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, for God's sake. Aaron Rodgers is just a giant enema himself. In fact, on Sunday, I got from my son. You know, remember I earlier I read the text I got to him after the Minnesota game. He said, how does it feel to be literally unable to win a broken chair? On Sunday, he texts me, how does it feel to be unable to beat the Detroit Lions? It's just, it's just I, I talk about self-esteem issues. But I think Urban Meyer's problem is that he hasn't coached under this new environment with nil and with all of the different structure of college football. So that's a huge change for him. And and I'll accuse him. The one thing I get accused of a lot, he's old. There you go. He's just old, past his prime. He's all used up. I, but I think the downside, I think the downside for Urban Meyer is better than the upside, honestly, just because he did well in the past. I don't think he would in the future. Well, um, I'll put it this way. If, you know, and, and not, I'm not, trying to be an asshole, but um, if, if, if that's what we're after, if we're after that person that gives us the best chance of winning, then let's get Nick Saban up here. Whatever it costs, whatever it costs, He's he's well. He'll be available once he'll be available once Alabama fires him at the end of the year. <laughs> Blaine Cole to be or Blaine Cole says to be or not to be. Is it nobler to suffer the outrageous arm punts of Purdy or to go with Smothers against the Sea of Troubles? Uh, that's the best one of the night, right there. He's in character. Yes, yes. So Michigan, we haven't talked about Michigan at all. And we have like five minutes left. Should we do anything about Michigan? Have you watched Michigan? Do you know anything about Michigan? Michigan was my pick to win the Big Ten when really? we did our preseason prognosticating. Um, they've been pretty consistent. They're going to run the ball. It's at the big house. Uh, what's the line right now? Is it 30 points? Something like that? Yeah, it's 20. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's I think bad. it's gonna be. A, I think it's gonna be a tough day for the Cornhuskers. Um, they need to figure out a way to limit 
the number of possessions that Michigan has, if they can figure out how to do that. Um, slow the game down. I, I thought M. Gabowski would be here tonight, and he was going to give me all sorts of shit about my video today about 1997 Michigan being gifted the national title by the media. But, uh, I, yeah, they have – I think they have everything. They have a, two good quarterbacks. Imagine that, having a good quarterback and having a backup. They have two really good running backs, and they have linemen that can open holes for their running backs. And then they have a good defense. And it's just I, – this is going to be one of those name-your-score games for Michigan. Yeah, I think I there's think two questions. There's two questions about Michigan. Number one, is Jim Harbaugh going to show any mercy whatsoever? And number two, is anything going to happen in the tunnel? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the game itself is up to, you know, I mean, maybe we'll, maybe we'll be Rutgers for a half. Who knows? Um, I don't, I don't see Jim Harbaugh having much mercy on us just because I don't think Jim Harbaugh, he's a guy that's going to go, I want to be in the college football playoff and he's going to beat the hell out of us. It's a 2.30 p.m. game. So I guess that means people will want to watch uh, Nebraska get the living shit beat out of them. I don't know. Yeah, well, yeah, it is on national, a national audience. And who knows, you know, um, this team is not going to be 1-11 like a lot of people said, and I'm not saying that that three and nine uh, feels any better. I, you know, that's, that's not the point I'm trying to make, but um, you know, if Casey Thompson plays, um, you know, perhaps they can scheme enough that we can put some points on the board. Um, I, I would be, I would be very concerned if, um, I'll just, I'll just, worst case scenario, in my opinion, is that Chubba Purdy is the, uh, is handed the keys. Um, I just don't, he hasn't shown the composure, the confidence uh, to, to be successful with this offense right now. Yeah, I don't, it'll be interesting to see what happens in that game. And I guess what, uh, what the rest of the season, what's going to happen in the few coming weeks we have left of this season. Okay, Nebraska basketball is up 68-59 to 59 with about six minutes left. Uh, I don't – this – I would have thought we would not have allowed them to score 59 points and we would be in the 80 range. But, and I think Nebraska basketball is just uh, take it one day at a time and let's see what happens. Um uh, all right, we're, we're we're coming up on the end. Is there anything else you have, Todd? Let's see. Where's the list? No, I'm kind of surprised you got me so wound up tonight. <laughs> I'm usually I'm usually a little more calm, composed, and collected. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have do you to feel better. Do you feel better? <laughs> I do feel better. Yeah. Is that the clock that tells us we're supposed to be done? Well, it could be. <laughs> All right. Do we have any more comments? Uh, let's take one more from Owen Walker. Do you think Mickey defers to Whipple too much? Mickey wants the job. He should start Smothers. You know, here's something to consider on that, 
and this is a backwards way of answering it. When the season started, Mickey worked for Smothers, or excuse me, Mickey worked for Whipple. When the season started, Mickey worked for Whipple, and now Whipple works for Mickey. Um, yeah, I, you know, people want to say that you know it 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 lands on Mickey, and as the head coach, and ultimately it does. Um, who knows what the dynamics are among that coaching staff? And I would certainly hope that if Mickey Joseph said, if Casey can't go, we're going to play Smothers or we're going to Smothers gets, you know, more reps than Purdy or whatever it is. I would hope that Whipple is professional enough to say, okay, you're the boss. Let's, that's what we'll do. Um, but then again, you know, maybe the agreement going into this whole thing is that Mickey said when he was given the head coaching job, I'm going to defer the offense to, to Mark Whipple. We, we don't know how that works out. Yeah, we don't. Okay, two things Two things before we end. Uh, go take a look at the T-shirts. Tell me if you like them. I mean, you don't have to buy one. Just tell me if you like the designs, okay? And give me some feedback. I need feedback because I like feedback. I like hearing about how wrong I am. I mean, I've been married for 33 years now. And secondly, I forgot. Oh, you know what I ordered this week, Todd? Uh, uh, um, hair clippers? <laughs> I did not order hair clippers, you oh. son of a bitch. I ordered pipeline jerky. You did? Yeah. I have wow. pipeline jerky upstairs. I have two packs of pepper because I like pepper, and I have bought one of honey barbecue. Even though I am not a honey barbecue guy, uh, <laughs> I we're going to review the jerky in a, in a YouTube video. Maybe, you know, I'm, I'm going to probably have Noah and Isaiah try it and see what their feedback is, and then we'll we'll review their jerky. And, and uh, the pipeline jerky, though, is... Uh, is a part of a nil thing, I think. I'm going to talk to him this week about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure That's it all is. I know. Yeah. That's all I know, Todd. Do you well, know anything else? I don't know anything else. <clears throat> okay. Good night, Todd. Hey, good night, John.